Hello guys, welcome to this podcast Everyday Talkies which ironically does not come out daily. I am Anshul and I talk about random things to random people, majorly about life, perspectives and thinking process. It's like an interview or let's say more of a conversation with one or two guests about random topics that interest us. To be really honest, it's just a way to reduce my inhibitions in talking to people. So, come join me and enjoy. Hello guys, welcome to this new episode of Everyday Talkies. So this episode actually has no structure, no theme. I don't know why even I'm recording this episode. It's just that me and my cousin are really bored and we wanted to talk about random things and see how it goes and see if this works out. So no introduction this time. So no anonymous names. You have already seen him as Stephen and as Noah. So why don't we start with a topic? So suggest a topic. Go ahead. Anshul, you know, when you say that what we talk about is random, it really hurts me. Because what you talk about is not random. It is really very passionate for both of us. Yeah, that is true. Like you mentioned that I have appeared as Chiffin and as Noah on your podcast. So you can call me Nose for today. Nose? Yeah. Really bad. Really bad. I expected more out of you. Uh, yeah, actually, it is actually very bad. I think you should uh, cut this part from the recording. I don't want people <laughs> to listen how stupid and what, what a bad human I have. Oh no, you know, this is what they should know about. I'll I'll start like, uh, what are your opinions on books? Like, what do you feel about books? What is books for you? Um, Books for me is a place where I can meditate or feel the tranquility in. I don't know, like if many people relate to this fact, it's just that when I'm reading a book, I'm engrossed in that world. Beat any kind, uh, I started reading non-fiction and then you introduced me to fiction books and both the genres they have their pros and cons but in spite of the story or the theme or the topic i think it's just it's peaceful and it's wonderful it's a wonderful experience reading a book because better than any movies or serials because it gives a different experience it engages both my brain to imagine the things that the writer has written and interpret them understand them in what he means to say or you know think about the new aspects that he might reveal using his content. Uh, what you said is actually very true. Books gives you different insights. It actually broadens your horizon to such a large extent now. Because when you watch a video, like there's so many information which are usually compacted in a very short clip. So it is difficult for the brain to retain all those information. Generally, if you read, those information tends to last longer. And what I've realized that a lot of accomplished people, so they are all very well read. I have a habit of reading books on Goodreads. It is just a catalog of all the books that I've read and what was my immediate uh, feeling after reading that book. Uh, so I was happening to be uh, like reading a book on Goodreads and like I was just scrolling through the book's page and I found that even Bill Gates wrote a review on that book. So it was homodious, no surprises there. Bill Gates is actually a huge fan of uh, Yuval Noah Harari. He recommends reading his Sapiens and Homodious to a lot of people. I think he even sent out a memo to his employees that you should read this book or something like that. I'm not sure. I think I was privileged to have encountered Bill Gates' page on Goodreads. I was just browsing through his profile on Goodreads. And you know, diversified topics on which he has read kind of leaves you astonished because he has read Richard Feynman's physics lecture. He has read books on genes. He has read fictions on teenage love stories kind of thing. Then he has read books on psychology. He has read biographies of people who are long dead. 
there was such a huge variety of books which she has read and i could only guess what his amount of knowledge might be like we are currently facing a very critical and eye opening situation right now this pandemic is a global problem and all the countries are dealing with it uh, they are trying to you know defeat it somehow by imposing lockdowns or issuing orders to stay home uh, so they are dealing it in a way the thing is that none of the healthcare systems in any of the countries was actually prepared for this because uh, the last time a pandemic of this scale appeared was a century ago and we tend to forget what has happened in the past and we have developed so much more medicines and vaccines ever since then and so we used to believe that okay like we don't need to read our healthcare systems to be actually be able to manage such a large scale pandemic a video of bill gates from 2014 got popular summary or the conclusion of that video was that we should be prepared for an epidemic because an epidemic outbreak can happen anytime i think it was during the time of ebola was spreading in africa and he just said that this time it is confined to africa and we are being able to manage it but Uh, sooner or later a pandemic or, or an epidemic will break out and it will cripple our civilizations which is actually happening right now so many economies are going to get destroyed it'll take a lot of time for the economies to recover from this your point regarding about his video on the epidemic and all of that it reminds me again back to you were no harari for some reason i don't know why i remember you shared me an article recently where no was talking about how situations like these emergencies accelerate the society at large government at large to pass certain laws or let's a modify the societal behavior in such a way which might be a constant for the future the biggest example that he states in the book is human surveillance you know right now you can see google i'm not sure whether google has done this but uh, in india there is this app by government called araga setu then china has already implemented a way where it is tracking all the phones and it is tracking all the infected patients and it's telling other people that if they have ever been in contact with infected patients and you know what is the distance between the nearest infected person so i would not say surprising but it's baffling to think that the government has such kind of data and it can use it to a benefit at this point of time it just might be it's a hypothetical scenario it just might be true that governments enforce a law or pass some kind of law which is expedited because of this emergency that all human beings need to be tracked or all people in that government need to be tracked so that epidemic could be controlled in a sensible way i don't know how like whether this will have adverse future implications or better future implications i think it will be a combination of both in the article you will know or already mentioned that in the short run people will be willing to compromise their privacy for their health most of the people will be willing to do that so it will be very easy and convenient for the government to pass certain laws in the article itself also mentions like he distinguishes between our uh, two types of country or two types of state in which the people in that state trust the government and the government trust the people uh so in those states uh, there won't be a need for passing those laws of mass surveillance because government can just issue a decree or just a guideline that you'll have to maintain social distancing or you'll have to stay at home you'll have to avoid going out of home people trust the government so people will actually follow those orders or those guidelines and they will stay at home and they'll try to maintain social distancing in those countries like the government would need to pass surveillance laws because there's a trust element from both the sides but there are countries like we can take our own country india Well, a lot of people don't trust the government and the government also don't trust our people so government had to enforce a mandatory lockdown in situations such as these it will be vital for the government to you know uh, track people who have been infected by these disease uh, because there was instances where the healthcare officials or the healthcare workers who went to some uh, societies or uh, they were attacked by the people also in situation like there's no trust element from both the parties and in that way for the government to ensure the health of 
all the people they'll have to introduce the surveillance method in the short run until a cure or a vaccine is formulated so that they can actually isolate people who have been infected by these disease and they can actually try to control the disease i just remembered the fact it's it's difficult to digest the fact that uh, human beings can be trustworthy towards each other towards society at large i would say but i think uh, that has happened with the case of using soaps said in the article that it's not invented it was not used i think probably a century ago and doctors used to rush from one surgery to another surgery without even washing their hands spreading germs from one place to another but due to proper awareness or trustworthy information spreading both by the government and by learned people everyone around the world use soaps the importance of soaps cannot be overrated using soaps on a daily basis reduces the migration of germs from one place to another to such an extent and reduces so many pandemics that we would have never thought of it is a very valid example of how trustworthy communication and informed communication really helps building trust from both uh, aspects and informs people and you know makes them take the right decision like i'm uh, kind of digressing right now uh, this reminds me of a video i was watching on youtube by kagal get it was an old video it popped up on my youtube recommendation like that video was on microbes only and how we have formed a symbiotic relationship with so many different kinds of bacteria uh, there are i think about 5000 different types of bacteria which lives in the human gut itself so it helps to you know digest your food i think in the video it was mentioned that there are certain bacteria which also triggers certain hormones in your body so it might cause you happiness or depression in that video they told that a few people or a few doctors across the globe are experimenting with poop theory I thought I was hearing it wrong but yeah go ahead no like uh, because if a person has some disease so what they do is that they inject those poop in that person's body so that those bacteria which can't be isolated like there's so many different kinds of bacteria they actually get transferred to the patient's body in a very quick and easy way why would anybody expect isn't there a better way to transfer bacteria from one person to the other uh, so like i don't know because i didn't research too much into this but if the doctors are doing it and if the patients are willing to do this there might be some reason for it because the patient is suffering from such a huge disease that they are willing to go to any length and actually like accept any treatment which is being offered to them it's very weird it's just weird to think about this i know like for me it was weird but then i thought that how do we define what's weird in isolation or individually if you think about these two thoughts that there's a virus which is actually killing so many people at such a large scale and there are these so many bacterias which are helping us and we are helping them in some way we all coexist in a way we can see like we don't know what's out there for us in space for example like when the astronauts went to the moon and they had to come back so they had to spend about 14 to 21 days in quarantine uh, you know when either neil armstrong or buzz aldrin i don't remember who uh, but either one of them had their birthdays just a few days after return from the moon so they celebrated their birthday inside a box like a quarantine box so they couldn't uh, like celebrated with the family the family eventually came and they communicated through a glass window but the cake was made inside that small box in which uh, all the nanny lamb song were quarantined the reason nasa had to do this was because like this was more than 50 years ago like they went to moon i think in 1969 and so it has been close to 50 51 years ago. they have been there and smallpox was spreading and we didn't have a proper vaccine or the means to get them to people so nasa had this constant fear that if they contract some microbes or uh, some form of bacteria or virus in moon and they bring that virus or the bacteria back to earth and it kills the entire human civilization also nasa didn't want to take that risk 
a study has been conducted and there has been a lot of research people published on this like it is actually possible for microbes and the bacteria to you know transfer between astronomical objects or astronomical bodies you know yeah, there is obviously a theory behind this where it said that life in general didn't begin on earth in um, from the nascent stage it was probably a comet crashing or something it carried the basic amino acids or proteins from some other planet or some other astronomical body and crashed onto earth and earth was a favorable place for those one single celled organisms to grow so well it just might be true that other planetary bodies do have such it is quite possible uh, because uh, like objects crash into objects all the time in space asteroids crash into jupiter asteroids crash into mars which send particles up in the space and which might uh, get into earth orbit or eventually fall on earth which might be carrying some bacteria a lot of people believe that before the civilization started or like the life grew to such an extent on earth uh, there was already an established civilization on mars even today a lot of people actually believe that and so we are still on the quest to find life on mars and on other astronomical bodies uh, like the moons of jupiter and saturn Uh, there's another video I was watching. Uh, so, like we said, now that but we can't travel faster than the speed of light. The speed of light is about three lakh kilometer per second, and so that is the cosmic speed limit. Uh, so we can never, you know, uh, travel faster than that. Uh, so just imagine if there has been a civilization which has actually mastered the spaceship. But the thing is, like they are not interested in this part of the Milky Way, so they are not bothered with exploring this. part yet i like the fact that you mentioned here where the aliens are not interested in exploring this part of the milky way like whenever we discussed about the possibility of aliens and you know the fact that there might be some intelligent alien beings and you know we question why were we never visited by any other alien beings obviously there are multiple arguments behind this but people fail to understand that our universe is such such a vast place that our earth as beautifully described by carl sagan is just a pale blue dot admit the innumerable number of stars and planetary bodies that an um, alien even with sufficient technological means it won't be easy for them to you know find a place like earth where uh, if their planet is let's say probably some 100 or 1000 uh, of light, light years away then they won't see the current nature of our civilization because as you clearly stated there is a cosmic speed limit there is a speed of light if they live around let's say hypothetically 20000 light years away so they would be seeing our farming culture they would be seeing that humans are still farming and are nothing more than worthless creatures so i think that is why they are not interested but people don't realize that this innumerable distance even between us and the moon and the distance between us and the moon is not even comparable to the distance between us and jupiter or let's say pluto it's a whole different scales talking about like you said like the universe is so vast that our brains haven't evolved to grasp such huge numbers even for going from earth to mars it takes us about 8 months right now and like the voyager one spacecraft left in 1970s earth uh, so it is traveling close to the speed of 19 km per second like i can uh, go to your home and come back in less than a second like this is the speed of voyager and even at that speed if it was traveling in the direction of uh, maybe the alpha centauri star system it will take it close to 70 to 75000 years to reach there like i'm just talking about the next star in our neighborhood which is four light years away and even then the it will take it 70000 years to reach them 
so like these are fascinating things like we can only talk about it but we won't be able to completely understand it ever if anybody whoever wants to you know visually imagine this and it's having difficulty grasping the scale by the conversation that we are having one is a video timeline of the future i love that video again recommended by you i've watched it innumerable times it is a jaw drop every time it tells us a potential fate of the universe it's just amazing i won't uh, talk too much about it if uh, someone is not like interested in that sense in which we are uh, but if they use that link to you know actually grasp the scale of our solar system it might help them to fall asleep because it is such a tedious task <laughs> oh well well so there are different ways to fall asleep and this might just be a way for somebody who's not that interested but i'm pretty sure these videos engaging enough that i'm pretty sure if somebody opens it up just for the sake of sleeping would eventually be engrossed and be awed by the scale of universe that we live in and appreciate the fact that we have that level of consciousness to appreciate it there's a different level of grandeur and music i would say to the universe such large scales where and it's harmonious like i was reading this book the hidden reality by brian green he mentions that even though our universe is so vast and there are so many different things happening simultaneously but if you take 100 million light years as a radius or you know as i would say area of the universe it seems uniform from one sector to the other if the universe is divided into 100 million light year sectors everything would seem uniform even down to the physical properties to the basic quantum fluxes or whatever i might not do justice to explain the intricacies of you know how he explained it in the book i would recommend anybody go reading the book and imagine it the way that he wanted to convey i wonder we started with books we went from books to virus or pandemic sorry bill gates i think after that with bill yeah. gates then we talked about his video then pandemic and then symbiotic relationships then life on earth then we went to space this is what our random conversations are like we start with something we end up with something altogether a different like this is a very good exercise for our brain we generally have these kind of conversations once in a twilight which tends to keep our brain healthy because we are being fed a lot of garbage every day so our brain needs some exercise or some actual uh, movements so that those garbage are discarded so yeah one thing that i have to bring is we were having this discussion i think probably a few days ago where you had brought up a i completely forget the show which you were watching in netflix wild wild country yeah wild wild country right i'll give you the chance to explain what the show is about and how the show though it is about a very different topic but it had led to us discussing a very interesting concept about humans in general so why don't you talk about that show in brief and then we can discuss about the conclusions that we drew and the topics that we were interested by the paradigm or the setting of the show has been in such a way that the director or the producer they have not put even a single of their own opinion the show is about osho who was a very proclaimed or uh, religious leader he originated from india but his preachings were popular across the globe and he had a lot of different ashrams or meditation centers set up across the globe and he eventually uh, set up a city in the middle of us that city had its own police force and own bankers lawyers everything and all of them were his followers so he was able to influence so many people to do those things for him or for his beliefs for his preaching for what he actually believes in like there were people from from the nearby town they didn't like him setting up that city in the middle of a desert because it disturbed their peace it is basically a documentary which has interviews those people or uh, people who were inside that city or his ashram and what affection they had for this religious leader osho and the neighbors who kind of 
had litigations against Osho and had to fight those in court. So, what were their opinions? And you actually get to understand the opinions of two different kind of people and how they are both right in their own way and how like seventy thousand or thirty thousand people flocked to him to you know find some comfort or sense of belonging because they were disturbed or distressed from their daily mundane life from going to corporate work or they had some issue with their family. It was an interesting show for me because I had no idea about this and I had bumped across this show and I just thought I'd need to watch what this actually is about. Yeah, so why don't we jump into the topic that it led us discuss? The whole premise was as you stated that he had developed his own personal city in the middle of a desert and we were talking about how gullible humans are where they find solace or peace in these dire situations when their mind is uncomfortable and they flock to these religious cults or whatever that might be the case and give everything that they have just to propagate that belief and i think that is what the whole premise of the show is but then that also led us to discuss about the fact about how resilient humans are about how humans as a species is such a wonderful creature that even in the middle of a desert it established a whole city with its personal luxury and essential items that a group of thousand people or more could survive easily and that gives me hope that even though in this case it might be for a wrong cause just shows how resilient and resourceful humans are in terms of survival and it gives me hope that this might translate someday to us having a interplanetary civilization where we survive just uh, outside the earth like i'm all in the favor of saving earth but i'm also in the favor of exploring new places for us to live because i want human civilization to explore more and more of space i have to agree with you in that show they tills the land in the desert and actually make it fertile so that crops can go over there they had an architect plan the whole city then bankers set up banks and the lawyer set up the legal constitution of the of the city also uh, they did that and they tried to do as much legally as possible but whatever happened was a controversy i didn't want to dive deeper into that but yeah they set up so with those skills they were able to do that and actually this gives us hope that we might actually be able to survive the harsh condition of mars where there's so much of radiation like the temperatures are fluctuate so much in a particular day and there are dust storms and so we might have to build our homes or our shelters underground there's so many aspects which we have to address but humans are adaptable and humans generally don't give up hope and they thrive to achieve and by nature we are explorers like carl sagan's always says so that is the only hope that we'll keep on exploring and hopefully by the turn of this millennium we will have inhabited all the moons in the outer solar system and all the planets in the inner solar system that is what i hope even if we don't survive to witness that that gives us hope to live today it's wonderful to think about that someday this might actually happen uh, somehow the conversation of colonizing mars always crops up whenever we <laughs> try to record a podcast or whenever we're talking because we're genuinely passionate about that i would want to be one of the person ever uh, if possible to visit mars even moon for that matter and i would still want that we save the planet and we keep the planet healthy forever and ever but still grow outside this small pale blue dot it is always a good thing to explore different planets because we are by nature explorers we want to know about different things like that is why we sent telescopes into space which orbits around our planet and which gaze into the past then we have scientists who are in space constantly like the international space station was launched about 20 years ago and it has always been occupied by a human being over there we are conducting on how our body reacts to space when you are in space 
or because of the lack of gravity you actually grow taller so we are trying to study that so that in the future when we actually are able to build spacecraft which can take us to mars or moon for more permanent stay these studies might come into effect so so i think like these are the things which actually you know inspires me and helps me or motivates me to get up from the bed in the morning go about my day make a difference in any small way in which i can yeah i guess this is a nice way to end this episode this format or this has been actually been really engaging there's no preparation of any sorts or there's no topic of any sorts it's just random rambling moving on from one topic to the other but it's it's been fun so yeah this has again been amazing and thank you so much for being a guest in this episode i just want to uh, put out something so this episode is being recorded on last supermoon of 2020 so yeah oh hey that's nice that's a nice little trivia for anybody so if anybody who wants to guess when was this recorded you could figure it out but let's finally end this episode hopefully everybody learned something about uh, from this episode and it's always a pleasure talking to you it was my honor to be the guest again chalo bye bye then i'll catch up with you later take care bye bye Thank you to all the listeners. I'll catch up with you again soon with someone new and lots of interesting discussions. So, bye.